my guest today says that confidence isn't something only some people are born with, but it's inside every one of us waiting to be claimed. Lydia Finnett is the founder and CEO of the Lydia Finnett Agency, a boutique agency representing best-in-class charity auctioneers. For over two decades, Lydia served as the Global Managing Director of Strategic Partnerships for Christie's and reshaped the fundraising industry as the world's leading charity auctioneer. She has single-handedly raised over $1 billion for more than 800 organizations and broken countless barriers for women in the auction industry. She's also the author of Claim Your Confidence and The Most Powerful Woman in the Room is You. Today, Lydia shares the keys to selling authentically and confidently and how women can overcome the societal pressure to be humble and instead celebrate their achievements. Plus, she shares her strike method, which has helped thousands of business owners boost sales and grow their business. And of course, why giving back can be a high ROI marketing strategy. You'll love this episode with Lydia Bennett. business leader or entrepreneur who is ready to achieve more and build a business that impacts the world. But you shouldn't have to sacrifice what matters to you to turn that dream into a reality. Welcome to Permission to Lead, where we teach high achieving female business owners and entrepreneurs like you how to achieve more, lead effectively and flourish in both your business and personal life. I'm your host, Cindy Monroe. Each week, I'm revealing practical and actionable business and leadership strategies you can implement immediately, sharing interviews with some of the world's boldest female CEOs and business leaders, and giving you the tools you need to lead a thriving business while achieving goals you never thought possible. You deserve to have the business and family life you've always wanted. Permission to Lead will show you how. Well, Lydia, thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome. Thank you so much. As I said, if we were live, you would see that I'm sitting outside because of a number of snafus. So thank you for having me even in my not podcast studio. I just wish that I was with you. It looks gorgeous out there today. So this looks like a perfect setting for a gorgeous afternoon. Yes. New York in the sun. It's hard to beat. Yes. Well, let's talk a little bit about um, confidence. You have in your latest book, Claim Your Confidence, you say that confidence isn't something that only people are born with. I mean, it is inside of every single one of us and it's just waiting to be claimed. So what are some of your practical tips that you would help all of us to claim that confidence and, you know, to get over that self-doubt or maybe that imposter syndrome? Um, So what would be some practical tips you'd share with us today? Well, I think people often want to do the inverse of what you should do when they want to be more confident. You know, they try to sort of stay within their lane and they don't try anything new because they've already figured out how to do something. And so they feel like they'll get more confidence just doing the same thing over and over again. But Mm -hmm. I believe that to really claim your confidence, you have to look outside of the four walls of the life you're living and try things that make you feel uncomfortable or frankly, even a little fearful sometimes, because once you overcome that, you realize that you're much 
much stronger than you ever thought you were. And that ultimately is where you gain confidence. Well, and I think the more you do that, the easier it gets a little bit because you're like, oh, wow, I just did that. I mean, yeah. but it is hard to get out of your comfort zone some days. It absolutely is. And I don't know that it's an everyday kind of thing. I think you kind of have to pick your mm -hmm. battles. But I think over the course of your life, if you're looking at opportunities or you're seeing things passing you by and you're not trying them because you're scared, you're missing out because, yeah, you could fail but that's okay. It's okay to fail. It's fine. We all do it. So get over that hump. And then you realize that's where you become more confident. I love it. What's interesting to me though, is yes, it's okay to fail, but I don't know that it's something that we all talk about. Like, I don't know that our moms or our mentors, or even some of our best friends talk about whenever they are afraid of something or they are worried or struggling with self-doubt. We just, we almost, I feel like don't talk about it. And whenever we don't talk about those things, I think that it holds us all back. Yeah. And it's a missed opportunity, in my opinion, because the more you do it, the better you get at failing. And then you don't think anything of it. And you're kind of like, this isn't that big a deal. And I think when you realize that, that's when you really start to unlock your potential because you realize how amazing things can be. If you're not looking around thinking, can I do this? You're just thinking, I'm going to try it anyway. Yes. So good. So whenever we do try those things and we have some accomplishments, you've talked about the importance of owning those accomplishments and not downplaying our successes. And this is something that I have personally struggled with is I will downplay and say, oh no, everybody else helped me get there or I stood on other women's shoulders. <laughs> yeah. So how can we overcome that societal pressure and still be humble, but also willing to celebrate our accomplishments or achievements. I just don't think that anybody can ever tell other people what they're good at as well as you can do it. And I don't know why as a society, we have to shy away from that. Like, why can't we embrace the things that we're good at and let other people know so that hopefully we can help them along the way? You know, people think of it as bragging, but oftentimes if you're good at something, you're telling somebody something that could ultimately help them as well. You know, I'm a really talented public speaker. I've spent 20 years on stage. I tell people that and they come to me and ask for help. And that's as exciting for me as having learned to do it myself because I can see other people unlocking that potential in themselves. So I would just say to people, you know, a lot of times you may think that other people are thinking things about you when in fact, they're not thinking about you at all. Like, let's be honest, most of us are pretty selfish. It's just the way that humans are. And so think less about what other people think of you, think more about what you're doing. And I think that's just a better way to live life in general. Well, and I always think about making it a story, sharing mm -hmm. your story and how impactful that can be for other people. And it's not out there, like you said, just bragging or marketing yourself, but truly sharing is so I think important for us, especially as women, so that we can be encouraged and we can be inspired by each other because it is hard sometimes to get up out of bed and inspire yourself. So whenever we're sharing our stories, we actually inspire and encourage each other. Yeah. And going back to what you were saying about failure, I think it's equally important to share the failure as it is, as it is to share about your successes, because that's the reality of life. It isn't always perfect. It's messy. It's imperfect. And that's what makes it amazing. You know, you only know, as they say, you only know the tens because you know, the ones, you know, you only know the highs because of the lows. And if you are constantly pushing out there that everything is high, 
you're not being real, not only with yourself, but you're not being real with the people around you. And nobody can respond to a hundred percent all the time. Like nobody wants someone to have the perfect everything. So I think in many ways, and I've seen this even in writing two books, people often respond more to the vulnerability and to the fails than they do to the successes. So yeah, it's great to tell everybody about things that are going well, but be unafraid to also tell them about when things aren't going well. You know, I opened yeah. my second book with a story about my book tour where, you know, spoiler alert for those of you who haven't read it, but I'd already had a two week unbelievable tour in New York city. And I go to San Francisco and one person showed up and I tried to recruit people out of the bookstore and people were like, I don't want to come to your books. Like it was really a crushing moment. What I say in that first chapter, people think that success is, you know, with success comes confidence. But in fact, it's when you're at the peak of success and you get knocked down that you realize how strong you are because you've already put everything out there. The bigger you get in life, the more you do in life, the bigger the stages get, the bigger the potential for failing. But you have to be ready for that to live a really extraordinary life. Yeah. Well, and the bigger the opportunities and the achievements as well, not just the All of failures. Yes. Exactly. So speaking of your other book, uh, The Most Powerful Woman in the Room is You, you talk about the strike method. So how can entrepreneurs find and develop their own strike method to boost sales and to grow our businesses? Well, the strike method for me, because I'm a charity auctioneer, is when I get on stage and I bring my gavel and I slam it down three times to really embolden myself to go out after every dollar in the audience. And I think most people probably should not bring a gavel and slam it down. So what I'd like to say is you have to find your own strike method. So what does that mean? Like, what are you looking for in your own life that makes you feel strong and empowered from the minute you walk into a room? So, you know, for some people that might be a physical movement. For me, it's slamming down the gavel. For other people, it's sort of tapping a table before they go into a meeting as if to say, here we go. Um, You know, but I think for other people, it can be something physical, like a a stone or something that brings you strength or, you know, a necklace that you feel you wear it and there's something in it that means strength to you. So we can all find our own strike method, but you need to be intentional about what it is. And you need to really make yourself think that that is going to make you feel powerful. And then what I say after the strike method is you want to be sure that you are lining up whatever you're going to say next immediately. So I go in on stage every night, I say the same thing every single night, anywhere in the world, because I know that that will make my nerves dissipate immediately. Mm -hmm. So if you're a nervous public speaker, or you're just somebody who feels like they don't, they're they're going into difficult conversation, they feel like they're not going to have the words, find your strike method, and then line up the next line. So you're not voice shaking, turning bright red, all the things you don't want to do. Get in there from a point of strength. I love that. Well, and I think that so many times, um, we think and view like the word power is like negative and we do need to feel powerful. We do want to be confident. And I love that to have that strike method so that it's repetitive. So it is you standing in your own strength. So no matter where your feet are, no matter where you're showing up, you know that you have that power within you. Yes. I'll be back with the rest of our episode in just a minute. But first, did you know that each week I send an email with practical ways that you can grow your business and make more money while flourishing at home and work? Well, each week I'm revealing a mistake I've made, leadership advice I love, 
and even some of my biggest failures as a mom and wife. I keep it honest and real because who has time for anything else? These emails are exclusively for my email subscribers. So if you're not on the list, I'd love for you to join. Just click the link in the show notes. Right now, I've been sharing five things I'm doing to improve my mental health in my business. And y'all keep sending rave reviews in my inbox. So I'm excited to be sharing more about that. I'd love for you to be on the list so you don't miss out. Just click the link in the show notes. And now back to the show. Well, I know that so many of us don't always have that or feel that powerful. And in fact, we can feel scared and scared of rejection, especially whenever it comes to sales or growing our business and putting ourselves out there, right? So what would be some keys to selling authentically and confidently that you would share with our listeners today? I think selling is yourself is what ultimately makes you feel confident. And on the flip side, as somebody who is purchasing something or buying something from you, you're going to get more strength because the person across from you isn't trying to figure out why this person who looks one way is speaking as someone else. You know, I often say, I always used to think of sales when I was young about that sort of like ball busting in there, in your face, you know, what you'd see on like Wolf of Wall Street, because I... Yeah in my career in New York. And that is so antithetical to the way that I am as a person. And so when I would get on stage, a lot of times I would see some of the guy auctioneers go after people in a really aggressive way where they would be saying like, I know you made money last year, like you better be spending. And I just realized if I was going to do it, I could not say those words. Like that did not work for me, frankly, because as a woman, I think it's a totally different way of saying things. It shifts the energy, but also as a person who is not like that, me getting on stage and going after people aggressively was never going to work for me because I couldn't feel comfortable right. doing that. I grew up in the South, catch more bees with honey. Uh, that's always been my selling style. It's always, you know, the sky is always blue. If you're on stage with me, there's nothing bad that ever happens. And that feels good to me. Those words come out of my mouth easily. And mm-hmm. I would say that with anyone in sales, what are you selling and how are you telling the story? Don't borrow someone else's sales deck figure out what you want to say and use that to move things forward. Well, and I think that whenever you do find yourself and you're willing to sell them on you first, then you start to bring that story in about whatever product or service that you are selling, you know, and how do you build that connection? And, um, it is way easier if you're doing it authentically. So I love what you're sharing there. So, One of the themes in your book, Claim Your Confidence, is the idea of getting comfortable being uncomfortable. And we kind of talked about this earlier, Yes. but how have you applied this concept to your own life and your business and what impact has it had on others or even on yourself? I think this all goes back to what we were talking about with confidence. You know, what I've realized even... I'm in my forties now. And I feel like one thing that I'm constantly doing is making myself really uncomfortable doing things that I think are going to challenge me. So mm-hmm. I resigned from a company that I worked for for over two decades, two weeks ago to launch my own auctioneering agency. You know, I'd been an ambassador for the company for the year and it felt fine and it felt too safe. 
And as a result of that, I was like, it's time to start something new. It's time to evolve. It's time to be part of this evolution of who I am and where I want to go. And I'm the only person who can do that. So I am very comfortable getting uncomfortable and I reap the rewards of that. I'm not afraid to try a hundred different things and have 97 of them fail because I know the more things I do, the more success I will have because at some point it's a numbers game, right? The more you do, especially if you're passionate about it, over time, that's going to come back to you. Well, congratulations. That's amazing. Because I think it was like 25 years, wasn't it? Like at Christie's Auction House. Oh my goodness. And for you to be launching your own space and um, really just creating that best in class charity auction um, and auctioneers, like what did that process even look like for you? I mean, I know recently I stepped back into running my business after we had had a PE firm kind of come in and help, you know, run for three years. And I made this bold choice to step back in. And so there are those big steps. I know everybody's not looking for a huge step, but this was a huge step for you. So maybe walk us through that decision process and kind of what drove you uh, toward or forward. Yeah, you know, it was a huge step, but also at the same time, it wasn't a huge step because I've been a charity auctioneer for 20 years. And so I have been on stages, you know, anywhere from 50 to 100 nights a year all around the world. And when this idea came to me about the idea of having auctioneers that I represent so that all the inbound that's coming to me, I can make sure that they have talented auctioneers who I've trained on stages if I can't do it kind of evolved. You know, I think post-COVID, a lot of people had moved out of New York City, which is primarily where I used to take auctions. But as a result of this world that we live in now, people have moved out of the city and have gone to different cities. And I think they see a lot of the charity auctioneers who haven't been trained. They were maybe, you know, a weatherman and they decided to step on stage. You know, there have been, there's been very little training, very, very little understanding. It was kind of something that people fell into. Mm-hmm. And they realize that there's a better way to do it. And ultimately it's better for the nonprofit because they raise more money. And I kept hearing this. And then there was a week about a couple months ago where nine people reached out in one week for me to take auctions and they were all over the country. And mm-hmm. at the end of the, at the end of the day, I've always been an entrepreneur. I ran a team within Christie's that I started for 12 years, um, sort of like an entrepreneur entrepreneur, but I always love looking for the white space, finding the white space and moving into it. And so I just, it's like one, once I saw it, I was like, this has to happen. Like, I've got to figure this out. And if anyone's going to do it, it needs to be me because who else knows this as well as I do. I ran events for Christie's. I know that side of it. I've worked on boards. I understand philanthropy and what that is. But more importantly, I know who needs to be on stage, what that looks like and what their skill set needs to be. And once that all came together and this idea for starting my own agency came to me, there was no there was no other way to do it. It had to happen. So it felt, as you said, like a big step, but also to me, it just felt like the next step. Yes. Well, and whenever you, I find for me, whenever I wake up thinking about it every time, whether it's in the middle of the night or in the morning and I'm getting out of bed and I'm ready to work on it, like you just know when you know is what I think for me happens and you just know, and you know that like, it's not an option to not take that step or to take that risk. Um, but it does come from years of, you know, doing it over and over and realizing that when you fall, it doesn't hurt that bad. You just get back up. Yeah, absolutely. You do every single time. So you have raised over a 
billion dollars for nonprofits around the world. And you have used your sales approach. So I'm just wondering, would you have anything to share with businesses and how they can effectively incorporate philanthropy and giving back into their sales strategies that they have in their business? Absolutely. You know, I think the most important thing about philanthropy is that it is something that is real to you. You know, I'm sure you can name a million different organizations that grabbed the nearest nonprofit that had a very strong board and attached themselves for a 10% off discount. Like, okay. But what is it that's important to you as an organization? You know, I always love when you find, and I, I have a podcast of my own called Claim Your Confidence. And I was interviewing the woman who's the CEO of, of the Elton John Aids Foundation. And you know, from the outside looking in, she seems to have it all. And when we were talking, one of the reasons that she became the CEO of the Elton John AIDS Foundation is because she lost her brother to AIDS. And so she had a passion. She has a drive. She is fighting to make this change because this is something that she saw with her brother and her brother's friends in the 80s. And she wanted it to stop and she wants it to end for everyone. And so I always think back to moments like that when it comes to philanthropy. It's like, what are you passionate about? If it's, you know, a disease and you want to help eradicate it or you want to get it funded, great. But if it's not, then don't sign up for that because you're only going to have lip service. You're going to be paying lip service to it. You know, is it animal rescue? Is it whatever it is, have it be authentic to you and authentic to the people who work around you and get involved in it. And then I think it really, as I said earlier, becomes part of your authentic sales strategy because you can talk about it with passion. And that's what people are looking for when they invest. They're looking for a founder who has deep a deep understanding of something Thing. They're looking for someone who loves to sell and people love to sell things that they love. So find something that you love to support. So you have talked about this being authentic and focusing on things that kind of drive you and that you're passionate about. And I'm from the South as well. And in the South, we were taught to just serve other people and to help everybody else. And not to focus on ourselves. In fact, maybe that's a little selfish. So, I mean, is there something of like, how do we balance? I don't know if it's balance it or how do we get okay with being true to ourselves and authentic while also serving and having um, servant leadership attributes or, you know, telling other people's stories. But I think that sometimes whenever you do focus so much on other people, that it can be a struggle to focus on yourself and find what truly drives you, to find your why, to find what you want to give back to. Do you see that as something that you had to evolve to or Absolutely. any thoughts on that? Absolutely. And, you know, I'm Southern, but I'm also, my mom is British and neither culture is one where women especially are taught to sort of go after things with abandon. And I've lived in New York City since I was 21 years old. And I've also seen so many women and I'm surrounded by these women who are hungry for ambition and hungry for more and yet still find time to give back. And I, in many ways, especially as a mom of three, one thing that I've realized in the past year is that there, we've, we've been given the wrong instructions as women. You know, somebody along the way told us that the only thing we're really supposed to be focusing on is what our tablescape looks like at Easter. And that our dreams are supposed to be secondary to everyone else's because being a mom is all about just giving up and sacrifice. And I don't believe that that's true. 
I think that we give to our children when we are fulfilled and we are living our dreams and they get to see that and realize that that's their choice in life too. It's not for all of us. Not everybody feels the same way, but I have surrounded myself with people who are gunning it in their careers and they are incredible parents to their children. And yeah, there are days where they are exhausted and it is tiring, but they are living their life and they are living for their all. And we get that opportunity too. So I don't know where this, this guilt started. I don't know why we're told to feel guilty about wanting things for ourselves, but I want it to end. I think people should live their life the way that they want to live their life. And, you know, I write in my second book very candidly about a car accident that my entire family was in. I was in with all three of my children and my husband on Halloween of 2021. And I almost died. You know, I really, I fractured my spine. And when I went into the hospital, they thought I was bleeding out internally. They weren't sure I was going to make it. And I was laying on stretchers with my children and my husband and you, I really have lived the life I want. And I remember thinking like, I don't have regrets about what I've done or what I've chosen to do. And I want my children to also feel that over the course of their life. And so that for me was a great release. I think coming that close, having a near-death experience really shows you that life doesn't continue on forever. And so if you're doing it to impress someone else or you're doing it to live someone else's vision of your life, stop. Because right. you get one shot and that is today. That starts today. So think about what you're doing with your life. Is it what you want? Are you doing it to please other people? And if it's the second and that's not what you want to be doing, think about another way to do it and start today. I'll challenge everybody who's listening to that. Start today. That is so amazing. And I think that's a perfect place to end unless there's something else you would want to share from either one of your books or um, tell us a little bit more about your podcast. I mean, I don't know. My cup is full, so I am (laughs) all good there. But if there's anything else that you want to share that for our listeners, please, um, you know, maybe tell us a little bit about more of your Uh, areas where we can learn more about these ideas because you have so much to share. I will do it all. Well, first and foremost, I want to thank you, Cindy, because I know we have rescheduled this a number of times. And as I told you before I got on, where I was supposed to do this podcast today was double booked. And so I am outside in Rockefeller Center. I'm actually looking at the Empire State Building right now. So oh. I wish you were all with me here right now. But if you're not, know that you're you're with me in spirit. Um you can find me on Instagram at Lydia Finette. And as I mentioned, I have a podcast called Claim Your Confidence that I do in Rockefeller Center. And I talk to women about their confidence journey, what it's taken for them to get to the top. And these are women, you know, from Allison Felix, who's the winningest American track and field star, to Kim Mulkey, who just won the NCAA Women's Basketball Championships, as we're talking about from the South, from LSU. Yes. Uh, from Aberdeen, who was with Hillary Clinton. I have Dana Perino from Vox News coming on. I mean, it's literally just women at the top. There's no angle except to learn more about them. And it's, it's been a, it's been such an incredible gift to me to learn and hear from these women who are living lives that they are excited to live and happy about. So great. Well, congratulations on all of your success and thank you so much for joining me today. And I know that everyone has tons of takeaways, so we really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Cindy. That wraps up today's show. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening so you don't miss a single episode of Permission to Lead. And make sure to take a quick second to leave us a five-star review where you listen to your favorite podcasts. 
and I don't want you to miss out on my daily tips to help you achieve more and flourish in your business and personal life. So follow me on Instagram at Cindy M. Monroe. That's Cindy M. Monroe. Or click the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening to the Permission to Lead podcast where I teach high-achieving female business leaders and entrepreneurs like you how to achieve more, lead effectively, and flourish in both your business and personal life. I'll see you next week.